We at The Nerd Room decided last week to not publish any content. We love this podcast and everything that we cover and the true escapism of it all. But there are moments in history which call for a pause, a reflection, and a reaction. We chose and asked you too to take your time, your personal time, and focus energy elsewhere. The events of last week have been and will be world-changing. We commend the strong voices and actions making a difference. We stand against all forms of racism. We stand for inclusion and commit to being an active part of change this world so desperately needs. We hope that you will stand with us and the millions of people who want to make a difference. Gentlemen, I open the floor to you guys before we get into our episode this week to add any comments, commentary, or sentiments around the things that are currently and actively happening in our world today. I'll turn it over to you, Troy. Yeah, man. No, these events, um, I mean, I guess for the outside world, it's 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 crazy and it's disgusting, but it's been it's been going on far before my time and it's been going on, you know, my my whole 33 years on this earth. So um I, I hope this makes a difference. Uh it's it's tragic obviously what happened, but I hope we continue with this uh, momentum and going forward. It's it's been great to see the youth kind of step up and you know these protests. I'm not down with the looting obviously, but the protest has been something else across the world. And it's it's a powerful movement, but we've got to keep it going. Um, I, I'm I'm glad that we shut down last week, um, and a lot of the other um, influencers out there and other media's out there shut down too. So much respect to them. But uh, we, the time is now. Change has to happen, man. It's it's crazy. Uh, the funeral today that we recorded actually was George Floyd's, and is is a big turnout. Um, I believe Al Sharpton was there on the mic, mm-hmm. you know, doing his thing. So um, rest in peace to uh, George Floyd and. Obviously, Breonna Taylor, which is another incident that was just disgusting. Um, Ahmed Arbery, you know, as well. So um, far too young for any of these people and unnecessary. Didn't have to happen. Didn't have to happen. So um, let's let's change, man. Everybody. Everybody educate yourselves. Got to. Yeah. Listen, learn. Carlos? Yeah. yeah. You know, to echo what Troy's been saying, like in Canada, sometimes we think that we're blessed that. We have it a bit better and we don't have the issues that they have down in the States, but at the same time, we can certainly do better. And that the whole world paused and made a statement that people need to be treated with dignity and respect is huge for me. And I was flabbergasted and disgusted and quite frankly, very, very angry at some of the things that I was seeing, both leading up to the death of... George Floyd and then the the followed and the response and it's just like come on you, we need to do better and you the police as the people that are there to protect us you need to live up to that station that we've given you and that we've entrusted you with and there needs to be ethics and accountability in everything that you do and um, yeah I actively will work towards making sure that those types of goals are achieved in my day to day. I had been before, but need to obviously do it louder and prouder and with uh, a bit more force and conviction. So yeah, if I can leave anybody with anything to quote our boy MJ, if you want to make the world a better place, take Mm -hmm. a look at yourself and make a change. But that is true. That is true. Like I said, just treat people with dignity and respect. You look at all these incidents, if people were treated like human beings, were showing a bit of compassion and fairness, none of those things would have ever happened. So every interaction you have, be it the grocery guy, 
be it the guy dropping off your packages from Amazon, dignity and respect, folks. That's what I'm all about. Yeah, above all else, yeah, of course. Absolutely, 100. Yeah. Sanjay? Yeah, man. Um, you guys all said what you guys said was terrific, and I totally echo those sentiments. Um, you know, standing up to injustice and racism, it's it's always the right thing to do. You know, it's not always the easiest thing to do, but it's always the right thing to do. And, you know, I think we're seeing now that people are standing up and saying enough is enough. And, you know, it's time that we end this. You know, it, it's we can't keep doing this anymore. You know, it's like we thought this was like, OK, like maybe like not again, you know, and it's like I thought things would change and then it happens and then it happens and you just get so like, you know, just like upset and like you just feel powerless you know and i'm glad to see that people are standing up and saying we're not powerless you know we have a voice and you're gonna hear it and um yeah you know um just leave you with black lives matter yeah thanks guys i think that's that's you know a great reflection on all this and like the guy said we commit to being part of that act of change and we commit to lending our voices to that change and we hope that that you guys do the same and that we can all make a difference together. You are listening to a Nerd Room Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Be sure to check out more from the Star Wars Commonwealth on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Hey everyone and welcome to the room. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, and DC. This is episode number 222, we're discussing underrated moments in the MCU. I'm one of your host, Tim. I'm Troy. I'm Carlos. And I'm Sanjay. I really expect no less from you, Sanjay. <laughs> Gentlemen, welcome back to the table. Happy to get in to Nerd, guys. It's been a very, very slow few weeks. And with that, we're going to revisit the MCU. DC and Star Wars has been consuming a lot of time on the podcast. And I finally said, enough is enough. <laughs> it's time to talk Thor about the down. <laughs> I threw the producer title down and said, let's talk MCU this week, guys. <laughs> and so everyone agreed with me. Didn't put up too much fuss. Begrudgingly. <laughs> yes, begrudgingly. <exactly. laughs> so we're going to talk about underrated moments in the MCU. You know, the MCU, guys, is filled with so many epic moments spanning from Iron Iron Man all the way to Avengers Assemble with things like the Civil War airport scene, Thor arriving in Wakanda. You could name so many major epic scenes. But we're going to look back at the entirety of the MCU and pick out some of those underrated moments, so those moments that have really skated under the radar for quite a few years because the MCU is just so full of unreal, comic-accurate, the centerfold type of moments. And we want to highlight some of those moments that maybe you guys can go back and visit, revisit some of these films, and experience those moments again from the perspective of this is seriously underrated. So towards the end of the episode, guys, we're going to get into that and have a ton of fun talking about the MCU again. Look, the movie theaters are opening up soon. We're going to get Black Widow here and, and 
the distant future, but not too distant future here. It looks like within 2020. And that's going to be our big buildup. And we want to kind of kick off some of the discussion in the MCU because everything everything looks like it's, it's slowly shifting back. And hopefully we're going to get some trailers for some of the stuff coming up here. And so we want to we want to dive back in and spread the love to the MCU. And we're also going to talk about getting back to the movie theaters, guys. It's happening. It's coming here in Calgary. And we're going to talk about our strategies of revisiting or getting back to, I'm going to say in air quotes, the new normal with regards to watching and consuming films. And also, guys, Henry Cavill is back. Is he? I don't know. Is he back as Superman? Who knows? We're going to talk about his capacity and where he's at with regards to the character of Superman. Are we getting a Man of Steel 2? Is he a cameo guy? Is he the new Nick Fury for the DC Extended Universe in the sense that he's holding this whole thing together, making cameos? We're going to spit all that and get into it in just a few minutes. But guys, we got to kick this thing off like we always do with our Weeks in Nerd. It has been, just from the DM messages, it's been a serious action figure hunt week. I've got some major additions to the nerd room here that I'm excited to talk about. But first things first, we got to get to you guys. Sanjay Carlos, Troy, let's hear it. Troy, my dude, I know you've been on the hunt. You've been busy in the trenches. What's been going on for the last little bit? <laughs> oh, man, it's it continues to be crazy. It continues to be fire. Um, I guess I start with uh, the Ghostbusters and the Power Rangers because that's what's been driving me out there to get. <laughs> and every time I fail, every time I fail. So I've been trying to find this Yellow Ranger. I just can't find her anywhere. So I went into an EV Games just hoping she'd be there. And instead of finding the Yellow Ranger, I find something better than yellow, and that's gold. I find the oh. golden armored... Wonder Woman, that oh, obviously yeah. our boy here, Carlos, the goddamn Batman, received uh, a little while back. But, um, you know, the thing is with this figure, I've heard so many good things and scenes of the reviews. And Carlos said, you know, get this thing in hand. It'll, it'll change your life, basically. And seeing <laughs> this thing in hand, no lie, it is unreal. It's it's not the most crazy articulated figure in the world, but the look of it is something else. Um the fact that you're only paying Canadian, I think, 24, 26 bucks from EB Games here blows my mind. She looked great. I popped those wings on right away. It's really cool stuff you could do there. Um, man, so she was fantastic. And um, then I'm still waiting for my Wonder Woman that I ordered off of, I think it was EB Games as well. And then that showed up. So I was like, cool, this is like the week of Diana going on. So got her. <laughs> and um, she was cool, too. She looks great. I do have my little nitpicks with, like, just the way her legs are there's something kind of off there i i think if i had to compare the two of them i definitely favor the golden armored uh wonder woman more but still um i love what mcfarland's doing here we got two versions of her lasso that she comes equipped with so can't complain and then um where did i go i went to a walmart i went to a walmart because i'm still trying to find these ghostbusters and i ran into a a zori bliss um which is crazy because you know tim and myself and darth goody were just kind of talking about that figure a little while back Mm -hmm. and uh boom there she was um so i had to get her because actually i really really like that character that's that's someone i really liked out of rise of skywalker and i wish we got more of her just in the sequel trilogy so it's cool to have her displayed um in box uh and then i did another kajiji hunt so the kajiji hunt um is a staunching x-men cyclops that's my dude so i had to pick him up for the second time but he was ten dollars he was ten dollars so i couldn't go wrong couldn't go wrong and then buddy also had um a toy biz i think is a toy biz marvel legend green goblin um and it just looked great it has like the shading detailing of like a marvel select but it's in the scale of a marvel legend comes with a glider 
Um, nice. So I, I had to get this guy. So I got this guy. But the thing is, it's a funny story. So when I spoke to this guy, he's like, you got to come here before one o'clock. Because if you're not here by one, I got to go to a Walmart off um, 130th. And I'm like, well, what's so important at Walmart? Like, maybe I got to <laughs> this guy to it, you know? So, <laughs> so I go down there and I, I meet this guy there at like 11, 1130 grab the figures and I zoom right over to the Walmart that he mentioned just to see what's going on. Did Maybe you ask him? Groceries. No, I didn't, I didn't even ask him. Didn't even ask <laughs> that's him. hilarious. <laughs> oh, that, that's awesome. <laughs> so um, I show up at the Walmart and I'm, uh, maybe it's the Ghostbusters. No, no Ghostbusters, no new Black Series, no new Marvel Legends, but I see the uh, Star Wars retro collection line, uh, the 40th uh, Empire Strikes Back anniversary. And there, there's um, there's like two Bespin Lukes, two Bespin, not Bespin, sorry, two Bespin Lukes, two like Hawthons, and one Lando. And I'm like, oh my goodness, like, gotta grab these things. Um, managed to scoop t- uh, Tim here. Yeah, you did. The Luke, um, <laughs> and the Han, because I know you want the Han, um, and obviously the whole wave. But uh, that's what they had there. So like, man, I'm so glad I got to pull the trigger on those things because I guess over here it's a Walmart exclusive. Whereas last time they did the the line, it was a Toys R Us. It was a exclusive for like a minute. Target exclusive in the states, but it mm-hmm. showed up multiple places up here because I got them at a superstore. Right, yeah. right, yeah. yeah. It's just a grocery store in Canada. <laughs> well, yeah, because the weird thing, because I remember I found them at Toys R Us here, and they disappeared. Yeah, they never showed up again. And then you you got the whole wave at the superstore. Yeah, like, and a I couple fl- months later. Yeah, flipped out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so they're coming, man. Um. I did hear some things, um, I think, in the States that Walmart has had the card backs damaged a couple times. Yeah. So be on the lookout. But from the card backs that I got, they seemed relatively in good condition. They can all pretty much stand on end. So um, it seemed like yeah, it was, man, that the, was it. Oh. the shipping, the Walmart shipping was. I know Yak Face, I believe I was chronicling that. It was they were coming. It was just like they shoved it into a small box. <laughs> That's which sucks because the collectors you know majority of the collectors for those want those things crisp yeah 100 percent. they're made to be kept in box yeah yeah Yeah. so um and and then and then just to just to wrap it up uh my final kajiji hunt um was prowler hobby brown's uh prowler so original marvel legends he's a good one um i had him before but i did some things with him so i had to get another one got to re-up you know 10 bucks 15 bucks on marvel legends you can't can't complain man so that's uh that's been the week in the week right there oh that's 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 epic man i love and thank you for grabbing those retro <laughs> figures for me man and just to, just to point out too for those of you in canada um well we we're talking to darth not too long ago and he sent us a picture so ontario has seen those retro ghostbusters in walmart and so there's likely some distribution delays because of everything going on in the world right now but it does look like we should be seeing those ghostbusters out here out west soon so have you tried stocktracker.ca? No. Can't find the SKU numbers for these. I've been trying oh, to find the SKUs okay. and, um, I think I found the American ones, but it doesn't work. Because uh, over here it's SKU and over there it's UC something, I think. They use yeah. it's a different Yeah, yeah. But I hear you, Sonny. No though. dice. No yeah, dice. No All right, I thought I'd just lend no a hand. Yeah, Are you yeah. interested in them though? Are you gonna get them, Sonny? Me? Yeah. I don't know, man. Like I don't know. We'll see. We'll see when I see him in hand and like yeah. with the car back because i'm not a big like fig collector so i don't want to like start something that then i can't finish Dude, this is <laughs> this is limited like you got you got the main figures is a marshmallow man there's slimer 
and then like this is this isn't going to be like an extended marvel legends black series type of collection or even mcfarland collection right it's literally just going to go on forever this is relatively limited you know you might see a second wave if this does really well but given the distribution issues these things are likely to be scooped disappear and probably never see them again (laughs) but sunny as as he says that just turn your chair around and look at all those steel books behind you remember (laughs) remember it was just oh just get a few yeah (laughs) Yeah. just one there was a time yeah that tim said hey why don't you just try it the first one, yeah. Sunjay. <laughs> yeah, I'll even give it to you. I did give him a few steel books. He made not, some I'm trades not, back in the uh, day. I'm not falling for that again. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see. So, Sunny, pick up, a, pick up on that thread a little bit, man. What's what's been going with you? Yeah. Have you you've, I think there's a, a new steel book or two behind you there. There may have been one or two. Yeah. Um, what have I been getting? Um, well, my Birds of Prey steel book arrived. Carlos, your copy is here as well. It's gorgeous. Um, Open it up. It's beautiful. I love the Steelbook. I'm just disappointed that WB just stopped sending Steelbooks to Canada. For whatever reason, I don't know if there's like a steel like with tariff on steel now coming into Canada or what the reason is. But uh, have, we haven't got a WB Steelbook in Canada since I think like it must have been like Aquaman. Yeah. Uh, Shazam, I think. I can't remember if Shazam was here. Yeah, Shazam was here. So That's what killed Aquaman. it. Yeah, yep. <laughs> it was too 100%. popular that it just sold out, and they're like, "We can't be doing this every time, causing mass panic in the streets." Um, but actually, what I what I've done is that over the last two weeks, and this is the first time I've done this with the DC EU films, is I rewatched them all in about two weeks, starting with Man of Steel up to Birds of Prey when it arrived. Just gotta say, like watching them in order, like um, from release order. I just think it like it makes the universe better. Like it just makes the films more coherent, more more cohesive, and like the you can see the threads like go throughout. And it's it's a nice it's a nice rewatch in terms of like yeah, it's not the twenty four films of the MCU, but it's a nice solid eight entries right now. And it you know it didn't take up too much time. I was able to do it in two weeks. So huge shout out to that. Um, another thing that I picked up was the new Watchmen TV series from. HBO that uh, came out on Blu-ray nice. and so I watched the first four episodes I gotta say this thing is fantastic like this, this thing takes place after the events of the comic book and wait a second Tim you said it's good you've seen this yeah I've watched the first three episodes I believe oh wow okay well if Tim says it's good and it's an HBO you know DC property just 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 to give you an idea they hey, should put that on, on. Like, i've liberal. been quite favorable <laughs> yeah I'm just kidding i'm just kidding every time tim reads or watches something that's not made by disney an angel gets its wings <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey man i got i got a family to feed here yeah man so check it out if you haven't seen it i'm so excited to see like where the series is going the first episode i thought okay this one's pretty good um but then, like, the second and third episode just got me, like, so much more hyped. And, like, as soon as you get into, like, unraveling this mystery and kind of figuring out what's going on. Because the first episode, I was just a little bit confused. It's been a long time since I've read the comic book. And so there's these, like, storylines that I'm just like, what's this going on again? And, like, kind of kind of a little bit lost the first episode. But they do explain things in later episodes. So check that out. Um and the last thing I will plug for DC, because it's been a DC heavy like couple weeks for me, it's the Harley Quinn animated series. Like this show continues to bring it, and they just released another episode um, this weekend, and it was hilarious. And then there's like a another episode that came out with like Harley 
and Poison Ivy is getting married to Kite Man. And so Harley takes her to Themyscira for like a bachelorette party. Super funny episode. Like just like cool premises. And like, it seems like the creators of the show get to like play with all the DC toys in the sandbox. Like there's appearances from villains that you wouldn't even expect or like heroes that you're just like, what? Like, okay. And it's, it's just cool. Cause it's like this um, R rated like adult comedy. That's super funny. But it's also like, you see like characters that you're just like, Oh, okay. And like, they're totally different. Like Jim Gordon is completely different than what he is in the comics, Batman too. But you're just like, whatever, like this is the Harley verse, just embrace it. And it, it is awesome. If you're not watching it, check it out. It's hilarious. Harley Quinn. They haven't announced a season three yet, but I'm really hoping they give us a season three because two seasons is not enough. Like this show, they could easily bang out three, four seasons and you know, just this show could live on in syndication. Like, it's not as good as the Batman animated series, like what is, but it is up there in terms of like animated DC shows. It's, it's one of my favorite and check it out. I know Troy said you were going to check it out. I don't know mm-hmm. if you have yet or not. I checked out a couple of clips online on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my boy Nightwing uh, had a little interaction there with Harley and that was, a, <laughs> that was an interesting little moment going on. So that definitely <laughs> had my interest. Uh, that's a really good. It's like a, five minute clip and i was like this is awesome yeah <laughs> <laughs> has my interest man i gotta check it out so you said before they're releasing it but only on dvd or something yeah man so i don't know what wb is doing i don't know what their charge of home media is but they released the first season on dvd i assume it will get a blu-ray release okay. in the future um but if you have like the telus box and telus on demand you can just search for it and with i think it's adult swim right. um you can just watch them um, on demand. So okay, yeah, I've been catching them. Yeah, because I've missed one or two, and then I just go back and rewatch it. So okay, I'll just do I that. actually like rewatching. The, so I haven't seen like all the episodes. So I've only seen like the back half of season two, and now the front half of season one. So I'm like trying to just like sporadically like fill in the Oreo middle here, and uh, it's it's good, man. Like I can't say enough good things. Like DC is really like firing on all cylinders lately. So. Check it out, Harley Quinn, Watchmen, Birds of Prey. Oh, and that, yeah, that's another thing, Birds of Prey, man. I I rewatched that, and like I loved it. Not that I didn't like love it the first time. I liked it like a lot more the second time I watched it. You know, just things hit for me. Um, I thought the fight scenes were great. Like it had my intention the whole time. And you know, that was the last film I watched. Um, so yeah, Birds of Prey, man. It's, it's just a shame that that film didn't find its audience in theaters. Hopefully, on demand, it did because. I want to see more Harley Quinn, Um, especially with us. Oh, yeah, Suicide Squad she's in for sure. And I I have no doubt that film's going to be huge. So, yeah, man, that's my uh, Harley-centric week in nerd. (laughs) That's awesome, man. I love to hear hear the DC love there. And so you're saying this Harley Quinn show. So I got to give a shout out right here before we drop into Carlos here. I got to give a shout out to Carlos, (laughs) Mrs. Goddamn Batman, and the Goddamn Bat fam. (laughs) (laughs) Because <laughs> their generosity has has uh, has spawned a new DC fan. My daughter has has been leaning that way for quite some time, loving Wonder Woman. But uh, Mrs. Goddamn Batman dropped off a, a few hand-me-down. Uh, what is it? DC what is superhero it? girls? DC superhero girls. Thank you. Oh, so I was nice. very unfamiliar with it, but they they kindly dropped off about five or six of the I guess the the articulated dolls. I guess maybe you'd call them. Yeah. And so we got them in here, and my daughter flipped out, like literally flipped out for them. 
and we had the show on after you sent me the link. She had the, the, the best part of my day today. So she's got them and she's, you know, sitting them up on the couch, <clears throat> posing them and all that. And I said, you know why they, they can pose? They're not like Barbie dolls that don't bend at the knee or anything like that or the elbows. And I go, do you know why? And she goes, because they have articulation. <laughs> and I was like, how did you know that? Like, what? <laughs> So That's she must amazing. be listening to the show every single week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and then my wife just sent me a photo. I'll send it to you, Carlos, in appreciation of. But we had them at dinner tonight. We had them all, all day with her at school. And now she's currently tucked in with them. <laughs> that is amazing. So I'll send sweet. this photo to, to you, Mrs. Goddamn Batman, because oh, she's like do. in love with these things. And I put on the show and she flipped out like oh my god there's a show like it was it was it's it's actually been an incredible day watching her just love and play with these things asking me about them i've been firing texts to carlos being like which one's this one oh it's bumblebee okay it's it's been a really cool experience man i just gotta thank you and your family for that it's been a ton of fun and i love watching her connect to the superhero genre through characters that she feels attached to you know what i mean like it's it's oh, so yeah, great for sure no man it was our pleasure and like such a great line like i i wish more people would discover it or that it had kind of a weird release here because there was exclusivity stuff and it was like a target type of line at first and then that was right when target left canada and the rollout of the show was delayed and whatnot but yeah it's phenomenal like great entryway to these characters for little girls and like lots of cool fun concepts that you get in traditional kids programming with like positivity and friendship and all that kind of stuff but not necessarily mired in the same trappings it's more fun it's more flamboyant it's more boisterous like there was an episode where um green lantern and raven i think it is goes to babysit the teen titans at wayne manor and <laughs> I was riveted. I was just in stitches. I thought it was the funniest thing ever. Oh, it helped that they modeled Bruce Wayne after Justin Trudeau. But yeah, it's great stuff. It's it's hilarious. Like the first episode we put on, I think it was episode one of five or whatever. I just found on YouTube and Gorilla Grodd shows up as one of the teachers and she lost her mind. She thought it was like the funniest thing. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's so smart. That's why I, I love when they do these things that uh, kids can kind of access it and you know, start cultivating that next generation of fans. Well, it's so. just dropping that barrier for entry, right? And that's what's beautiful about what they're doing in everything from Star Wars, Marvel, and DC is they've dropped that barrier for entry for kids. I think DC has done a, a particularly good job with it is that there's they've picked focus audiences here and allowed you to get into these characters and grow with the characters, right? They've given you something where it's accessible at five it, it changes and grows with you into your teens and then you can pick up some of the heavier stuff when you get a bit older. So it's this nice spectrum of entry for anyone really of any age. And, it is, and it's, it's, it's just great to see that aspect of it. And I love that it's not her getting into, you know, really intense things, you know, Harley Quinn can be an intense character sometimes, but then there's there's barrier there's ways to get into this character and she kept saying to me I can't remember her name what's her name ha Harley Quinn and she like it's like she knows all their names now and it's 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 fantastic man awesome that's so cute oh man that that makes my week a nerd that 
I don't even have to do mine. That's that's better than any of my stuff. But but we do gotta get hear yours, man. You threw a beautiful video up on our Instagram. Go check that out at the Nerd RM. Yeah. Reviewing first statue review there, just a nice short two minute review of uh, of a statue, and I'll let you get into that. But go check that out on our Instagram too. We're gonna be continuing to do some of this more video content too. Troy's been killing it, and uh, hopefully I can uh, I can follow suit here. It's gonna be two hard acts to follow though. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah no and um thanks for bearing with me to the listeners and uh the followers as i fumbled my way through instagram video and trying to i got too fancy adding music but i shrunk my video so we'll, we'll see what comes with the next uh <laughs> next quick short uh statue review but yeah if you dig it let us know and i'll throw more of them up and can go into the archives and look at some old stuff or whatever it, it, it was fun to do and uh it was something different. It drives me bananas to watch statue reviews where guys are cutting open tape for half an hour. So it's quick two minutes in out. You get to see all the high points. You get to hear me talk and uh, off we go. So yeah, no, that's what started off our weekend review. Uh, my weekend nerd is that uh, it was my wife's birthday. So uh, I gifted to her um, very willingly this gorgeous uh grecian style wonder woman statue it's called the princess of themiscara and uh yeah they did it kind of like the famous venus de milo and it's all white with beautiful gold accents but yeah i did a quick video review of that on the instagram that you can check out so that is a pretty stunning looking piece and with that came a patty jenkins pop that i found nice. by fluke <laughs> nice. that same that same weekend and then um yeah and as far as video content, like Sunny, I watched the Mortal Kombat Scorpion movie. Oh, how is that, it? I've heard oh, good things. It was put out by DC Animate or Warner Brothers Animation, who does all the DC stuff. And it was wicked. The animation was very reminiscent of Batman Under the Red Hood. Oh, and, okay. Yeah. Nice. And story-wise, it, it kind of retreads a lot of the ground that they covered in the first Mortal Kombat movie from like the 90s. Okay. Had that kind of same feel, but it was very much from Scorpion's POV. And you get like his origin, the loss of his family and all that kind of stuff and him being resurrected and then getting into the tournament and stuff. And then you also follow Johnny Cage and Sonya and um, oh, Luke Johnny Cage is in there. Oh, yeah. And, yeah <laughs> awesome. Joel, Joel nice. McHale does his voice and whatnot. And oh, really? <laughs> That's amazing. Nice. That's yeah, my guy. Nice. Yeah, going to Shang, Shang Tsung's island and whatnot. It, it was wicked. Oh, like, I was nice. riveted. It's super gory. Like, they lean into the fact that it's a Mortal Kombat movie pretty hard. But, yeah, I I liked it. I was riveted from beginning to end. I thought it was one of the better things that Warner Brothers Animation has put out in recent times. Is it more violent than uh, Apocalypse War? Where they're oh, the same level? <laughs> same level. Yeah. yeah okay. it, I, ironically, I don't know that this MK movie was as gory as the dc movie that they did but <laughs> i don't know maybe but but, it's cool like it starts off like right at the hop you have the daffy duck warner brothers animation he's he's bouncing around and doing whatever and then the oh, logo yeah. busts open he's like get over here nice. oh that's awesome <laughs> nice <laughs> daffy duck into the that's so sweet yeah and then it's go time yeah. nice yeah. maybe that's more appropriate yeah, was... for him for gore too i don't know i've yet to check out apocalypse War, <laughs> man i've had the digital code now and there, yeah. there will be a review, guys. There will be a review. Nice, nice. Uh, Carlos, yeah. you're being you're being modest. You uh, forgot to also tell the statue that you um, gave to your wife that you modeled um, the Hercules statue that was modeled after you. You know, you modeled for it, and then you you gave it to her, right? Based on you, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> that that's what you told me, man. You said you were doing it. You you know, you, you wanted me to like join you, but like I said no thanks. Like social distancing. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> like I, I sent the body scans to the sculptor and whatnot and I was like, you know, I kinda got this Hemsworth thing going on and then he sends it to me and I was like, I didn't mean from endgame. Like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, oh, Sanjay, way, way to send him down. <laughs> Carlos is just like, where are you going with this? <laughs> That's what his yeah. face looked like. Yeah, and we like missed a week too, so I'm like, did I miss something? I, I got notes. That's when you know you buy too much when you're like, oh, did I miss one? Like, you don't even remember your statue buying. You're like, oh, possibly. Maybe I did miss I one. I feel like that if he had a, shared that on Instagram or in the DM, we would have remembered that. <laughs> <laughs> that's coming 2021 yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah man and then to to dip into troy's world like the uh, figures were coming hot and heavy in my house too amazon continued with those early hookups and i had the arkham asylum joker figure show up and this thing is wild like it looks exactly like the joker from the game perfect 3d rendition of that model from the game looks exactly like he did when you're playing that first one and um, comes with some cool accessories, the gun, a couple of uh, chattering teeth. But the thing that blew my mind is he looks like he's one solid body, but he actually has articulation under some soft plastic clothing. So beautiful figure and he's all lanky and tons of ways to move him about. And I've got him snaked around one of the bats figures mm. down here with the rest of the old Arkham City Knight line so yeah i'll throw that picture up in instagram as well so you can peruse that and uh then hours before we recorded the amazon guy showed up again i was like oh i think this could be something good and i was like oh, i'll open it and share pictures after after dinner and 10 minutes later i was sharing pictures of uh the arkham asylum batman showed up on my door oh. too i haven't had a chance to crack him open but he looks just wild as well Probably the most accessories we've seen from McFarlane yet, but uh, well, yeah, paint job is tight. And once again, like this is the character from the game brought to 3D life. Like it's a beautiful fig, and like having paid money, decent money for like the Mattel and DC Direct line from the Arkhamverse. Like this one blows all those ones away by far. Like he's a well, meteor figure, way more articulation, and just. Uh, the sculpt is way better too and mcfarland paints like so perfect like mm. troy when you get your hands on joker you gotta get that joker bro <laughs> oh. uh, it, it'll blow you away like the detail and just like on his vest and the gold buttons and the yeah. embroidery on his cuffs like i can't believe these things are 24 bucks it's it, unreal, man. Yeah, this is probably the most common theme on the podcast <laughs> in the last like five six months is the unbelievable, like, just awe in your guy's voice when you get these <laughs> things in your hands, and then it always comes back. The price point is unbelievable. It can't be over understated how crazy this line is right now for you guys. Like, it's, it's wild to hear. It's only going to be a matter of time before your daughter's like, Daddy, these are only 24 bucks, and look at the articulation. <laughs> and it's, co it's coming. It's coming. She I knows the that. word, man. She's going to be she's gonna be quoting points to me and being like, look, look at the price point. Look what you're playing for these Black Series at Walmart. 33 bucks. 
Oh man, that that's fantastic. I'm really, really glad to hear that those McFarns continue to deliver in a big, big way. Mm-hmm. Have they announced any more of their line? Like any of the figures of like films bygone? Like I'm just uh, waiting for the Nolan Batman trilogy. Like once they release those figures, I'm gonna scoop those up. I haven't heard anything about that. I know where you can get all the Green Arrow figures. All of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every one from ever made. <laughs> yeah. well, Do they have the Smallville figures from Green Arrow? No. The, the, you know, no. But we got the Master Customizer here right on our screen. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You, Troy, you, I want you to make me Smallville figures, please. You, you pick oh, I'd up, love to have those. Oof. You pick up that Stephen Amell and he'll turn him into a Justin Hartley, man. Yeah. I got faith in our boy. There's got to be a ju- This Is Us figure line, right? You can do a little head swap with. Yeah. <laughs> can you imagine? Uh, how about the Aquaman from Smallville? Can you take Jason Momoa and uh, change him into Aquaman from Smallville? Man. <laughs> Super that specific. That would be the mas- master craft. If you, could, if you could make that Aquaman. If there's anyone win. that could, it's him. Yeah. <laughs> Challenge accepted. There it is. I will not rest till you give me a Smallville Aquaman, who also had his one episode pilot Aquaman. I we remember couldn't... that. That's what I was trying to get at. He did have the one episode pilot. Yeah, yeah, he... I, yeah, yeah. But it was Justin Hartley who played, played Aquaman him. in the pilot. In the pilot. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. There yeah. you go, and man. And he played Green Arrow later. So weird. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. He's a good Green Arrow though. Oliver Queen, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was. He was perfect. <laughs> All right, guys. I'm going to take us home this week for our, for our multiple weekend nerd, I guess it is. And like Troy, like Carlos, I've had a very intense week in the world of figure, man. Living that fig life. Hardcore. It's been my kind of grading back into the hunt over the last two weeks. I finally felt comfortable enough, fully geared up, mind you, <laughs> to walk into an EB Games store. I had a figure on order there. No, I did go in. Why, why did I go into EB Games? I believe it's to pick up, oh, this shredder that I finally got my hands on here. I've been talking about it for the last few weeks. So I've got it in my hand. This beautiful, beautiful shredder from the NECA line, guys unbelievable this NECA like you guys said once I got my hands on it it was uh it was a problem I had a a Freudian slip actually in the DM and I said I'm in (laughs) Troyble and uh total accident here but I very much in am in Troyble because I got this first shredder and it led me down a rabbit hole I've got a foot soldier here I've got a Raphael now (laughs) I've got my eyes on uh, on the next foot soldier splinter I got to cut a couple of these uh, these '90s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the actual turtles. But it's I'm getting this whole line, guys. It's in. It's done. It's in, it's in the bag. I just got to find a place to display them properly now. But this my first leap, feet first into NECA. Wow, guys. Wow, unbelievable. Great price point too, man. Like twenty. It's the same price as a Marvel Legend, with tons of accessories. The sculpting's great. The paint apps are great. It's these are unbelievable figures absolutely love them so happy i pulled the trigger on this and this is leading me down deep dark places because i just know that my <laughs> neca experience isn't going to stop here we've got back to the future coming up we've got potential for more turtle additions in the future uh, i don't know it's 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 unbelievable and then i had the the big mail call over the last little bit i finally got my hands on this child black series figure i've seen this so many pictures of this thing and even troy explaining how small it was i did not appreciate how freaking small 
this figure is. Like, it is so tiny. Tiny. <laughs> in scale, yeah. but unbelievably small. And my daughter said, you have to, I have to buy her one of these now, too. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then it's it was it was about the Marvel Legends, the back end of the week. And when I was in EB Games picking up these NECA figures, I ran into a Captain Marvel, which was an EB Games exclusive. So her in her Star Force uniform, the, the the green and black. And it was the one with the head swap where you could uh, create what was that? What was her name? Oh man, off the tip of my tongue. So the figure you create the blue skin female. And oh, Minerva. Minerva, Minerva, thank you. And I had bought Minerva off of someone on Kijiji without the Captain Marvel head swap. So I walk into EB Games and I find that Captain Marvel figure for four dollars and fifty cents. So of course I have to buy it. Like I what? have to. Captain Marvel's on discount. Yeah, go figure. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> so I got the, the Star Force uniform Captain Marvel, which I, I quite like. Add to the collection, and then. Uh, Kijiji man, Troy looking out for me as usual in the hunt. And Kijiji sends me over. Buddy's got a Mysterio. Now I did break the golden rule, the nerd room golden rule. Mysterio is up for forty bucks on Kijiji Ooh. mint in box. I pulled the trigger on it right away because this figure near impossible to find. Never saw it in the wild. Only seen it for minimum of fifty bucks on the Kijiji. Pulled the trigger on it, pulled it out. I'm happy with it, guys. I'm happy I spent the money. I got the build a figure piece. I got the Mysterio here. It's a gorgeous figure. This is the Mysterio, MCU Mysterio, of course, from Spider-Man Far From Home. And then I had to continue with that line. I ended up on Kijiji. I picked up the self-suit Spider-Man. And then I, I followed on with an Infinity War Black Widow. I made a decision. I made a list. I'm doing, I'm going all in on MCU Marvel Legends for the rest of the year. I got to get every single one. I'm, I'm getting every single Build-A-Figure piece I need, every single Marvel Legend, and I've added four figures this past week, all with the exception of Mysterio, the other three, sub $15. So I'm pretty happy with those purchases and nice, filling man. out this line. So it's been an action figure heavy week, and it was good to get back on the hunt. It was good to, to dip into EB Games. I even did a no-touch walkthrough of a Toys R Us this week. <laughs> oh, look at you getting risky. <laughs> Getting risk. That's masked up, gloved up, and all that. We are we actually did a, a uh, curbside pickup for a few other things, and I said, all right, I'm going in. I'm not going to buy anything. I'm not going to touch anything. I just want to just peruse the aisles to see. Like, if I just saw, like, the ghost, like, something like that, I would have definitely bought it. But <laughs> but it was it was pretty desolate. There wasn't a whole lot going on. Marvel Legends were, had completely stagnated from the last time I was in there, which was three, four months ago. I did see that Imperial Probe Droid, the Empire Strikes Back. Didn't pull the trigger on it. But uh, great-looking figure, great-looking box. But I, I can report that Toys R Us, at least up at uh, Market there, was was pretty dry, pretty desolate. But it's nice to start to feel, like, comfortable on the hunt again a little bit, even doing the Kijiji shops. Like, all these figures I buy in Kijiji spend, like, 72 hours in quarantine because I'm a psychopath. But uh, <laughs> it's great to get my hands on these things, and uh, I'm, I'm loving, loving being back on the hunt. I'm glad that we got to share so many action figure finds this past week it's uh it's it's crazy it's a diverse and it's it's incredible to see what is being produced across mcfarland marvel legends NECA, black series everything man it's it's on mm. fire absolute fire uh one tip for you tim and if you guys are looking for figs and stuff is um cross iron it has been open i think for longer because they weren't in the calgary zone because they, oh, they really? are kind of by <laughs> balzac so yeah right. so when I was going to Sunrise Records to pick up um, Parasite, um, the movie, 
they they had theirs in, but like Market Mall, Sunridge, every place else said like we're so backed up from all the new releases that we won't have it in for like a couple weeks. So that's just if you guys want to hit that up, it's literally like five minutes from my house, and it's like just outside like the city limits. So like with the quarantine and everything, Calgary was like got pushed back a couple weeks, whereas like Airdrie and Balzac. Yeah, we have a town near us called Balzac. <laughs> is uh, was open earlier. <laughs> you have to go up there and Facetime us because I I had to sleep over at your house if I drive that far north. <laughs> <laughs> you can stop halfway for lunch at my place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so well, that's a great that's a great segue, guys, from our weekend nerd into mm. what the world's going to look like in the space of movie theaters. Sanjay, you're talking about things opening up. We're talking about, you know, grading ourselves back into the hunt, into the real hunt, the physical hunt. And we're going to talk about right now what the movie theaters are going to look like here. You know, a lot of places in the States and here in Canada are starting to open up the movie theaters, open up that experience that we've missed for the last three months. And we've seen a lot of the movies that we are anticipating for this year either pushed quite far deep into the end of 2020 and a lot of them pushed out actually to 2021. So this is going to be the first step back into reality when it comes to film watching. And now the film watching experience itself is going to dramatically change, guys. You know, as we move here, even in Calgary, into what is deemed phase two, which includes movie theaters, there's a lot of restrictions going up with it. You know, 25% capacity, major social distancing, you know, only family sitting together, six feet plus apart, two, three seats apart, and even moving towards where they're relying a lot on technology. You have to pre-buy your tickets. You have to pre-buy your concession stand stuff. So it's going to be very limited contact here. And what I want to get from you guys, and we're going to explain it in maybe a little detail, bring some statistics into it a little bit, is is how you feel about this now. You know, we've talked in a lot of detail about the impact of these world-changing events with regards to the pandemic on our movie-going experience. It's something we've chronicled through on everything from the effects on the box office to the effects even down to the action figure releases. And now that we're going to step into this, let's have, let's have a chat. And I'd love to hear from you guys out there, too, about how you feel about moving back into the space of theater watching, theater going. You know, this is this is a major piece of what we do here, guys, in the Nerd Room is review movies and and enjoy that experience. I, I still reminisce about the Endgame experience that I had, that we had, and how epic that was and how that's you know might be the last major experience we have in quite some time. And so let's let's talk about this a little bit. Sanjay, I throw it to you first because I know you're a huge supporter of the film going experience, sitting in the seats, having lights drop down, unplugging for two plus hours, and consuming a movie the way it was made to be, right? Is a lot of these movies are made for the big screen for that experience. And so how do you yeah. feel about returning to the the movie theaters with some of these restrictions in place? And are you going to be going back immediately? Are you going to be waiting it out? Are you going to be like some people that are going to wait for a vaccine before they go out? Um, is it going to be back to normal for you? Um, you know, that's that's a good question. And I think each person, you know, has to do um, has to do them, you know, like whatever they feel comfortable with. There's there's no right or wrong answer. If you feel like you need to wait for a vaccine, hey, that's totally cool. And, you know, if the government allows that you can go out and, you know, you're feeling okay, by all means, you know, if you follow their guidelines, go for it. Um, and I'm kind of like in the, with theaters, I will kind, I will probably go back right away. Like once they, they're supposed to reopen on Friday, I don't think theaters, you know, have enough time 
three days early to like come up with some sort of like movie schedule. I think it'll take time before they say, okay, this is what we're going to do. And like in Hong Kong, I know when theaters reopened, they like showed a bunch of old classic movies. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I think that'd be great. Like I, you know, as, as long as I'm feeling healthy, um, I will check it out for sure. Um, and then like when Tenet comes, if that comes in July 17th, um, I'm going to check that one out as well. Um, again, on the caveat that I'm healthy and, um, so and like wonder woman's coming out so i'm gonna check it out i just i love the theater and it's been so long the last movie i went to in theaters was invisible man and i just had like a terrific experience with it and like i totally understand theaters couldn't have been open during the whole pandemic and totally on board with that and you know i just watched my movies at home i had one or two to choose from so that was okay (laughs) (laughs) um but for me i'm just a huge theater watcher like um just nothing beats the movie experience in the theater i know when we like get home video and we watch movies at home, that's kind of how we remember movies, but like theater experience, I think they just add something like you look at a film like Aquaman, like when you're in the theater and you see like the CGI and like how everything just looks so cool in Atlantis. And that was a film that definitely like benefited from the IMAX viewings. And um, I don't know, it's just something about like a shared experience and like going um, with my wife. Cause we, we go to like a, ton, we used to go to like a ton of movies before we had kids. And now like, we still go was used to go like when we could, but it's definitely been cut down. But I, I just love like the experience of just like going in, as you said, Tim, sitting down, unplugging, getting a bowl of popcorn. And for the next two hours, like all your troubles aren't there. You know, you're following along with the hero's journey and you're, you're in the story and you're invested. So I'm definitely going to um, check it out and um, I'll see, I'll see what they like come up with in terms of, what movies they're going to be releasing because it's not like they can release new movies right now. Right. Even though it's open, there's not like a flood of new movies that are going to be released. Um, so I think, you know, I think it would be cool. Like if they had, if they announced like, Hey, we're going to release the dark Knight trilogy, for example, <clears throat> back in theaters. Yeah, man. If it's like, if it's the, during a weekday, I might actually take the day off work and just go watch it for that day. Um, I, I just think that'd be something cool and it'd be like a neat experience and, um, to, just to check it out. And like, if I go and if I'm feeling uncomfortable there, you know, if I go and I check it out and I'm like, okay, these guys haven't put like any safeguards in place for right now, or like, you know, it doesn't seem like they've really like sanitized the seats or whatnot, you know, I probably won't go, but I'll definitely go and check it out and see, see what they're doing. So that's a long-winded answer just to say, yeah, man, I'll be there. He will <laughs> be there. Now, I'm going to bring a different element into this conversation before we turn it over to Carlos here. Now, there is some talk, and there's been some serious talk, you know, publishing a lot of the trades in that too, about studios shrinking what's called their window, their windowing strategies here, where they're looking at, you know, traditionally there's usually that three months or so where they'll have a window, where they'll have a release, and then there's some time after before you see this thing drop on a VOD, and then eventually the ability to purchase it. Now, that's progressively shrank from, you know, the 90s into the 2000s into where we are now, the space we are now. But they're talking now, you know, with this recent experience with things like Trolls Worldwide and a few other films that have seen their window dramatically shrunk, not as a result of the studios pushing it, but because of the situation that we have found ourselves in and trolls being one that didn't even hit theaters went straight to vod now there's talk 
and there has been some very bold talk about you know releasing things concurrently with theaters on VOD or dramatically shrinking that window of theatrical release to two weeks and then releasing on VOD right after that, you know, for that $24, $25. Now, does that, does this change for you, Carlos? You know, given what Sanjay just said, what he brought to the table here with regards to, you know, going back to the theater, getting that experience, you know, with the restrictions put on so that it's had done, you know, safely. But does the experience change for you now that there's really a high potential the theaters or that, producer producing companies like disney like universal wb are going to take advantage of this shift this paradigm shift in the theater experience towards the ability to shrink that release window just wait two weeks and you can watch it at home you know does this change your experience you know bringing in the context that sanjay brought here and then also factoring in here what could be a dramatic shift in digital platforms and their utilization by the big production companies like universal and that yeah i think it'll definitely change for me like wonder woman 84 normally i'd be there opening night but uh yeah that's gonna be a vod for me and i'll also be a newly divorced man on the prowl <laughs> so um <laughs> oh shit so out to mrs our... goddamn Batman. <laughs> No, oh, um, we should just stop there. It's not going to get better than that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Matt. Continue. <laughs> um, yeah, for me, it'll depend on what the film is. Um, something like One Woman 84. I'm already a bit of a germaphobe, so this just gives me an excuse to exude that in public spaces. So, you know what? Yeah, I'll be there at the theater opening night, but I also have my, my own Sani wipes, and I'll mask up and... You know, I love my theater popcorn, but, you know, in a post-COVID world, maybe that kid who is working on the till and then goes and mops something and then goes and grabs a shovel that 75 other people have grabbed and sticks it in a bunch of popcorn and fills my bag, maybe that'll be a piece of it that changes for me um, <laughs> from now on. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll be there, but I'll be taking precautions. But with what you were saying about windowing, that will be something I'll be looking at for other movies kind of not outside of my space of passion. Um, I hate to say it, like something like even Tenant. Mm -hmm, and too. if I don't get there right away, like I love Christopher Nolan, love um, John David Washington, but at the same time, maybe it's just worth waiting the two weeks to not have the hassle of going or even just the economics of it, right? Like yeah. if it's going to be cheaper for my family to watch it at home, then I might do it that way. So yeah, it, it will change. I, yeah, we'll just have to kind of wait and see what happens. I, I, if there's something super compelling, I'll go right away. But if not, like kind of August is when I'd be penciling in my first trip to the theaters. Mm -hmm. um, only in small part because I have to go whether I like it or not, but, uh, <laughs> you can wear your Batman suit with like the mask on and then you'll be like totally impervious to germs. Yeah. I'll be like suicide squad Batman with that rebreather. on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what you need. Troy, how you feel? How you feeling about this yourself? You know, you got the digital space that is really butting up against our releases here. There's a real chance. Like Carlos said that there's going to be a requirement that you have to wear a mask in theaters. Yeah. And, and so that whole experience is going to change slightly. Does this, does this change for you? Are you going to be there opening night? Are you going to be waiting this out to see how it changes, how it evolves? Or are you going to be going right to digital? 
Oh man, this is so tough. I'm like Sunny, man. I need that theater experience. Like it's a must for me. The the only thing I can look at it that's kind of nice is uh, Oscar season. Oscar season mm-hmm. is going to be great that I don't have to go out yeah. to the theaters and we're going to get a little bit of an earlier access to watch, you know, pretty much every Oscar bait film out there. So I'm looking forward to that. But when it comes to a movie like Tenet or Wonder Woman, um, man, that's going to be that's going to be hard. And then you mentioned the masks and I, I love my my big bowl of popcorn and, and, a, and a Coke, but it's going to be annoying, you know, with my mask and eating and all that. It's going to be. <laughs> We kind of annoying to do. So um, I don't know what I'm going to do, man. I'm stuck on this one. I think it'd have to be something like a Wonder Woman or a Black Widow. Christopher Nolan's Tenet, I could probably hold out for. If they put in like Revenge of the Sith or Empire Strikes Back, you know, just for fun, I'd be there. But anything else, I'm just going to gonna have to wait and see. I got to know what their strategy is here. I mean, the 25% drop down or whatever, that's that's okay. But I got to know more. I got to know more about how they're keeping us safe and how they're keeping their employees safe. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's yeah. such a, it's such a difficult conversation to have because there's so many unknowns right here. There's so many question marks. Yeah. And there's going to be likely a heavy utilization of a reserve your seat in advance and these type of things yeah. so they can space things out properly to make sure that the distance is there. And I'm going to find myself probably on the opposite side of the spectrum as as you, Sanjay. I I have at this point very little desire to go into a movie theater. Mm. I, I love the experience, but I I do have this what I would consider probably the pinnacle of my theater going experience with Endgame is I, I personally don't think I'm going to have a better experience in theaters that I did with that. <laughs> and so yeah. I I'm, I'm in no rush to get back to the theaters. And even with a film like black widow, it depends on what's going on. But if we get some real clarity that that's going to be released two weeks after depends on where the world's at, but I would seriously consider that. Like I'd even pay 50 bucks for that wow. to watch it at home. Like I'd be willing to pay oh. more to get it early on VOD rather than going to the theater in some form, some capacity. And I, I, and I love the theater experience and I've expressed it so many times that I find it's the only place on the planet where you go for two hours or whatever it is and focus on one thing. Like how many times have you sat down from the TV and pulled your phone out, got up to take a leak, got up to get a snack, whatever. Right. It's like, sometimes it takes us to watch a movie downstairs. It takes us like four hours because we're pausing it. Cause someone's <laughs> got to do something. My daughter's in the back playing and it's like, this is the only place. Like I don't name me another place where you go and just do one thing. There's not many, if if any, right? Like, (laughs) (laughs) I think that was muffling up. (laughs) But that that's the thing I love about it. And going with you guys, it's almost sometimes it's less about the film and more about the pre and post of the film. Hanging out with Mm -hmm. you guys, going and having a beer, shooting the shit about the film itself before we sit down and actually record something. Like I love that. That's what I'm gonna miss is the camaraderie Mm -hmm. around the film. And not so much the in theater experience, and so this is where I'm gonna have to, you know, play balancing act here. Is is I don't I don't know what I'm gonna do at this point in time, and I'm gonna be a probably slow follower on this one, but it's it's gonna be interesting to see how this all evolves because this is again as everything in our lives are changing this here because we we spend so much time focused on it. And we drive in this podcast towards these big releases. So this has a big implication for, for how we do things here around in the nerd room. And so as we get there, you know, Sanjay looks like he's going to be the, the first man on the ground here. You know, I'll be the guinea pig. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Boots on the floor, if you will. 
And so he'll be chronicling that a little bit as as we get here, and we'll uh, we'll keep you guys posted. But it'd be interesting to hear how you guys feel about the return to the theaters. Are you going to be taking advantage of the uh, the video on demand, or are you going to be jumping straight back into that movie experience, that Hollywood experience that is, that is touted as being, you know, this is why we make film? And so it'd be great to hear your guys' thoughts over on Twitter and all that. So it's uh, it's something that we're definitely going to keep our, our finger on the pulse on here. And, and continue to see how this evolves across the ever-changing landscape of your film experience. But nonetheless, we're going to be here reviewing all those films. Might be a couple of weeks late, but <laughs> we will certainly be here reviewing them. Now, guys, before we get into some of our MCU talk here, we're going to take a quick pit stop over our, our most talked about subject, and that is the DC Extended Universe. Most talked about subject, that is, <laughs> over the past month or so, because DC, like you said before we even started recording, Carlos, it's the DC revolution. It is happening in front of us right now, and a man that should be at the forefront of that and looks like he's going to continue to be at the forefront of that, is Superman. And the Superman in this universe is one Henry Cavill. Now, we spoke in detail over the last couple of our published episodes about the Snyder Cut, its existence, its genesis, what it's going to be. And during one of those episodes, we had the late, or not even late, the breaking news that Henry Cavill was slated to return to the role of Superman in some capacity. Now, that's evolved a little bit since we saw that. It's been on and off is he actually in is he just talking has he signed is he coming full-time cameos is there a man of steel two happening is jj abrams have some involvement in this now i'm gonna throw it to you first here troy cavill back in this role i know you're a huge fan mm. of man of steel and you're a huge fan of all cavill day in this <laughs> role how do you feel about him becoming a more prominent piece of dc extended universe again i think it's appropriate but how are you feeling about this man you got to be excited oh over the moon that's that's my superman day in day out that's uh that's the guy right there um it's about time he's getting the respect that he deserves man and i feel like superman as a whole is kind of having a resurgent um you know carlos and i were just talking off air before that um you know bendis is moving off the project of superman and obviously they're gonna get somebody new but it feels like we're, we're putting new blood into the character we're, we're making him relevant again we're, we're getting a new writer in the comics we're getting that new dc animated film uh man of tomorrow i believe which looks like yep. an origin t- uh, telling story of, of superman which actually looks pretty cool seeing mm-hmm. the trailer and then um we're getting uh man is still two most likely and possibly we're gonna see him in shazam to make that series a lot better than it is. And then we're good. <laughs> you saw him in the first one, Troy. I mean, just because it didn't pan up, that was that was a hundred percent Henry Cavill. They just didn't have time to pan up to show his face. But no, that was that was Henry cut Cavill. Cutscene, cutscene. Yeah. Cut yeah. And then um and then I mean, come on, talks of JJ Abrams and Cavill working together. This is gonna be incredible. I'm now I'm not the fan of JJ Abrams' comic run on the Spider-Man book, but um everything else that he's done outside of that, obviously when it comes to movies lost uh the reboot of um star trek force awakens is like one of my favorites in my top three best star wars films of all time so i love the fact that if this is happening him and uh, cavill collaborating i'm totally on board man and i just love to see where they're gonna go i i think there's a pretty good chance that's gonna happen too because i believe um campio show john campio i think he mentioned the guy that broke the news to him about affleck leaving is the same guy that broke the news about um uh, Abrams, um, oh, dude. and, and super, so <laughs> ch- chances are looking good. 
looking really good. So um, I just love to see where they're going to go and where they're going to take this DC universe going forward with Superman being the focal point. Because I think that's something they should have always done. And maybe that's what they wanted to do with Man of Steel, but it kind of got lost in the sauce afterwards. So I'd love to see him being, you know, the one in charge here. Yeah, man. It's I'm it's, on board. It's I, I hear you there. It's I'm excited about this, you know, and just giving this character a story, a a character driven, a character focused story here, and to develop this character into the character we all know he is. And you know, Carlos, you got real excited there, you know, about <laughs> this. And I know you've been heavily. We didn't mention Batman, Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, Carlos has got some serious guy. investment in in <laughs> Superman here. So clearly you're excited about this, but let, let's hear some of your thoughts on it. Yeah, man. I got giddy just hearing Troy talk about that JJ JJ rumor and giving it a little more juice. Like uh that's amazing to me. Uh you know, I I love Cavill in the role. Um I don't know that I loved every which way that he was written in the preceding films, but like he from day one has been the perfect choice to play this role and like come on like you got a guy the only guy i know with arms that big is troy those are the only two guys that, media <laughs> that i look at on a regular basis like car from stone could be the man of steel but uh yeah no i'm excited about it and you know what even if we don't get like a bonafide solo superman movie um Although, like, what Troy just said is maybe changing my mindset, like, in real time. But, like, if those initial rumors are all that's true and that we're just going to get some cameos and some guest appearances, if you're going to equate that to the Hulk, if you look at the Hulk in the MCU, every single time that guy shows up has been one of the most special show-stopping moments in those movies. Like, the first Avengers movie, the Hulk-Thor throwdown, and the... That's my secret cap. I'm always angry. Yeah. The two best, most memorable moments of that movie. Ragnarok stole the show. Yeah. Right? Age of Ultron, he was wild in that thing. He was so cool. Like, even in Endgame, like, he totally added a different dynamic and a different flavor to it. So I think he could bring something special to all these adjacent products or projects and whatnot. So um, when he does show up in Black Adam, listeners you heard it here first on the nerd room like we broke that way back when i was on tryouts but yeah uh, yeah that's like, back back in training man <laughs> yeah like uh, I, ideally i think that's where you have your big show-stopping rollout of like henry cavill superman version 2.0 like dropping it down with the most electrifying man in entertainment and then go from there <laughs> right and <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I just I love that dude in the role. I think he's a great ambassador for the character. I love the way he carries himself. Like even just after they announced the Snyder cut, just a short to the point post on Instagram being happy about it, but telling people, hey, dignity and respect. Like treat each other good, celebrate it. If you don't like it, whatever, that's cool too. But just treat each other good. That's Superman. That's what he's all about. 100%. So if we get a little more of that going forward. Awesome. Yeah. I love I, I love that comparison that you've drawn between the Hulk moments in the MCU and what potentially even cameo roles or larger cameo roles could be for Superman. It doesn't have to be this, you know, focused film at the start, but thinking about that and rolling through potential spots for man or for the man of steel himself, Superman to drop into films and make a substantial difference to those films is is pretty cool and a pretty way, cool way of looking at how they could use that character. Now Sanjay 
Yeah. You yourself are also a big Cavill fan, big Superman fan. And I think across the board here in the Nerd Room, we're all very much on board and excited about his return, his potential return, or maybe his, I guess, maybe clearing a path here for giving him that avenue to return in a way that's, you know, amicable between both DC and the extent of your storytelling and the narrative that they're forming here and what Cavill wants to do with the character. I think that there's there's real potential here to do something special. Are you on board with this? Yeah, man. I think it's a good first step, but I'm kind of greedy. I want more. <laughs> <laughs> I would be severely disappointed if, you know, his role is limited to just cameos. I feel like that's not doing the character Superman uh, enough justice or truth or the American way. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like if, if you just leave him to cameos, I mean – that's kind of like if you have like a football team and then you're your star quarterback, you're just like, yeah, he'll come he'll come in and every second down and then we'll let the backup play the other three downs. It's like, no, man, Superman, you know, once upon a time, Superman was the man in comics like he was number one. You you could go ask anybody, 100 people and they say, show him Superman S and be like, what's this? And they're like, oh, that's Superman symbol. And he was by far the most popular superhero. And then for some reason, DC and WB were just like, yeah, man, Superman's kind of cool, but check out Batman. You know, we got this Batman movie, this Batman show. Hey, here's another Batman video game. You want Batman? We got Batman. Here's Batman. 50% off Batman. Joel Schumacher, Batman. Uh, Henry, you know, we got Val Kilmer as Batman. We got Christopher Nolan doing Batman. We have all these Batman projects. And then we, we'll have Ben Affleck come in as Batman. And then we'll have, um, you know, we'll have Robert Pattinson be Batman. And then we'll maybe have Ben Affleck come back as Batman. And it's like, you guys have done so many Batman solo films, okay, in the time that you've done only two Superman solo films. You do remember and, that goddamn Batman is on the show, right? Oh, <laughs> and hey, and man, it's not a knock on Batman. Batman is super sweet, Batman is cool, and Batman is awesome, okay? I'm not, not throwing shade at Batman at all. Um, but show the same love to Superman, you know? Like, WB has always been hesitant to give him that love. I don't know what it is, and it's it seems like... Ever since Superman 4 came out, they just like can't forget about how terrible that movie was. And it's like you have you have Superman 1, Superman 2, <laughs> Superman 3. I don't know what it is, but man, it's just like it, it's kind of frustrating and it's like he's like a heavy hitter and like to just sideline him as a cameo, it, it's a good first step and it's a good way to remind audiences, "Hey, this is this is the big blue boy scout." Like He's cool. He's awesome, you know, and if, if they use those cameos to lead into maybe Man of Steel 2 or like Justice League 2, but like he's like the main focus of Justice League 2. OK, I can buy it for now. I can buy it for now. But he can't just be cameos, man. He just can't like that's just such a disservice to the character where he just shows up and like, yeah, man, it'd be cool moments. But like we're getting a Shazam 2 film over like. We haven't even had a Man of Steel sequel, and I love Shazam. But like, just saying that out loud, like, could you ever imagine twenty years ago, being like, "Oh, we're gonna get a Shazam movie and a Man of Steel movie, and then we're gonna get a Shazam sequel before a Superman movie," and you'd be like, "Oh man, is Shazam really popular again? Like, did he make more money in Shazam than Man of Steel?" And you'd be like, "No, it actually made like half. Great movie, and it was totally profitable." But like, Man of Steel was same thing. Great movie, totally profitable. And here I am, seven years later, 
and I don't have a Man of Steel sequel that's solely devoted to Superman. You gave me a great Batman v Superman film, and I love the hell out of that movie. Um, but like Batman's in it for like half the time. Like you couldn't even give Superman a proper sequel without shoving Batman in. You're not passionate about on. this at all, are you? <laughs> no, man. Like this is just bugging me. Like. We're talking about like Batman video games. Batman has like a hundred video games. Where's a Superman <laughs> video game? Where's Superman like lunchboxes? Like you guys are, and and the fact that they're not doing this is killing the character. They're not keeping him relevant. They're not keeping him in the public eye. But to the that, point where he's being relegated to like B class status. But doesn't that call for a slow and steady build to the reintroduction of the character? I think that's so appropriate. Is that you build the character, you make the audience want the character. And I've been waiting like seven years, man. Like seven years. Yeah, but, yeah, but we're but we're the special case, right? Like they gotta sell this movie to a massive audience, and mm-hmm. the way they do that is build the character up again. You know, start from the foundation of Man of Steel, whatever they're doing in the Snyder Cut. But then, like like you said, like Carlos, cameo him in or have him as the antagonist, if you will, in Black Adam. And build from there and get people salivating for this character again and use those cameos to redefine the character a little bit and give him his own space to operate in and then spin out your Man of Steel 2 or whatever, Man of Steel Reborn. I don't know. <laughs> but Oh, man, I'm, I'm totally there. If that's what they're planning to do and no then they're trying to build towards Man of Steel 2 or Justice League 2. That's what I would do. If yeah, if that's what they're doing, hey, man, hats off. That's great. Let's do it. But if he's just going to be Hulk where there's no future of a few, of a movie coming out, a solo movie of him, that we can continue his story, I'm not, I'm not on board with that. Well, the, the Hulk being held up is just because of rights, right? Like mm-hmm, Universal yeah. owns the distribution rights, so they're never going to make that solo Hulk film. And I don't think – I think the analogy was more about how you could use this character to build up to something. Like I think if they had the capacity to do so, they'd build up into a World War Hulk type of film where it's a Hulk-focused film. But I don't know if they can actually do that unless they buy the rights back. But I guess what we're saying here is let's build this character back up. Let's let's you know start from the foundation and, and work ourselves up to the character that, like you said, should be leading the DC Extended Universe with Wonder Woman and Batman at his side. And mm-hmm. I think that they can get there. And I think, like you always say, Sanjay, DC is taking you know steps in the right direction here. To rectify the Superman issue, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so but it is it is very exciting, and I, I love the aspect here that Superman is being talked about in a positive light and going in the direction that he should be, right? And that we're gonna get more content with him in this universe in continuity too, like you're always saying, Troy. And I think that you you kind of reference this a little bit too, Sanjay, but the DC extended universe is the films that they're building here are having that Winter Soldier effect. You know, a, a, yeah. a term coined here by Troy about <laughs> the sequels making the previous films better because they contextualize stuff. They build things, they tie up loose threads, and they give you something to grasp onto saying, like, that's the foundation. This makes that better. And I love that that aspect of the Winter Soldier, and I think they can do stuff like this with Superman. And going forward is is, like, let's just build the character and retroactively make this stuff contextualize, build the narrative and build it out. And we're going to get a Superman guys. It's coming. I can feel it. I can feel it. Yeah. I feel good about I hope it. You're right, man. I hope you're right. Cause I hope WB doesn't have to hear another long tirade again. From- <laughs> well, yeah. 
we didn't get a Superman sequel because you had a Superman sequel, and that's why we're here today. But based on that, <laughs> but it wasn't just a Superman sequel. They had to throw in Batman. Uh, I, I've said my piece, but I also know that based on that rant, I'm gonna have to buy that Thunjay Man of Steelbook shirt for my kid. Because her dad is no longer going to be the favorite podcaster. Well, I don't know that I ever was the favorite podcaster. <laughs> you, you, you can get that shirt over at Tee Public. Just search uh, for the Nerd Room Podcast. <laughs> Each t-shirt is personally sewn by me, Sanjay. Yeah, yeah. I know. it's up there. Man of Steelbooks. <laughs> hey, man. I, what can I say? Like, you know, your daughter has good taste. Like Superman. There's a reason why he. It's like it used to be like Superman, and then everyone else. And now I feel like it's Batman. Then like a little bit smaller Spider Man, and then like everyone whoa, else. Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> come on, come on, dude! That's, I said just like a he's hair. He's just trying to turn. Just like he, a like hair. what's, what's happening turn here? Us against each other, Troy. It's Civil War. Okay, I'm trying to reenact. What, what's the guy from Civil War? The the bad guy. Zemo? That's me. Zemo. Yeah. No, he's, he's got the hair grown out. He, he, he's trying to be Lex. Yeah. He's gonna was, be pushing Jolly Ranchers into Tim's mouth soon. Was, Come on, Tim, it's cherry. It's that peach peach tea, man. Or whatever. <laughs> that's me. Oh boy. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, guys. Let, let's let's head over to our final topic this week. And that is underrated moments in the MCU. Like we said at the top, guys, there's there's so many great moments. In the MCU, and it's this is almost a little celebration of those underrated moments. You know, we're not talking about the airport scene. We're not talking about the first time the Avengers assembled in that beautiful circular panning of the camera, getting everyone Iron Man landing. We're not talking about I am Iron Man. We're not even talking about the Winter Soldier elevator scene. So these epic scenes that even were recreated in Endgame. We're going to talk about some of these underrated moments, these moments that you've seen once, twice in some of these films that maybe you haven't revisited in a few years. Some of the phase one films, some of these moments that are truly defining within the MCU, but don't get that same praise heaped up on because they don't meet that epicness of the Wakanda battle or Avengers Assemble or the first arrival of Thanos. Let's talk about some of those guys, these significant moments in the MCU, these moments that you love, but just don't get the same fanfare some of these other huge moments in the MCU. Yeah. So, guys, we're going to roundtable this like we do with some of these conversations. We're going to go around the horn a few times here and just express our love for some of these, these key, these pivotal MCU moments that are even character-defining and but really aren't those, those moments that are remembered by all. So I'm going to throw it to Carlos here first because I know, I know it's a film that he, that he loves. And that it isn't, you know, widely loved when you contextualize it within the MCU. It's a film that, you know, upon revisiting, I agree a lot with your sentiments, Mr. Goddamn Batman. And I'm going to give you the floor here because I know there's a lot of underrated moments in this film that, that you're going to, you're going to, and it's an expectation here. You know, you, you've already <laughs> warned me it's coming and I knew it was coming. So I'm going to throw it to you first here, man. Let, let's talk about an underrated moment in an MCU film here that that deserves a revisit and at times could even be character defining, but it's never really recognized for that. Yeah, underrated moment in an MCU film that deserves a revisit. Well, folks, here we are for the backdoor 
introduction into Carlos's Incredible Hulk commentary. I'm going to take you <laughs> scene by scene, moment for moment, through all two hours of this fantastic film. Um, honestly, I will put a pin in that and say that this is the most underrated film in the MCU. And uh, folks, you got to revisit it. What Louis Leterrier did in building what was then a newborn MCU up, but at the same time, like... Um, pulling out tons of deep cuts out of the Peter David run of The Incredible Hulk, the work that Ed Norton did. I know he doesn't get a lot of love because of the replacement and whatnot, but, man, he was a phenomenal Bruce Banner, and he brought so much nuance and so many layers to that character that we haven't seen since. But, uh, you know, I will take it to the genesis of that film. What they did in the opening credits of that film, where they rebooted and retconned out all of Ang Lee's Hulk, gave you a new origin for Bruce Banner's Hulk. Loki adopted the TV show as part of its canon and then walked you through his entire relationship with Betty and Thunderbolt Ross and put you in a position where you feel like you know who Bruce Banner is, what this journey was, and why he's all of a sudden in Brazil somewhere uh, on the low doing things like trying to survive, learning Spanish. Like, there is so many great moments in that opening scene of The Incredible Hulk. And, uh, yeah, you know what? That's going to be my first one. And I expect every single listener out there to go pop in your Incredible Hulk DVD because I know that you have it because you have (laughs) to have the full 24 MCU film set. So you have it, and I know that there's a bunch of people that have not put that disc in. Do it for me. And you will love it. I, I fully agree with you, man. Like that opening scene, it, it's so elegant and economic too. It's yeah. it, it gets you from zero to literally hero in the span of like two minutes through the opening credits. And these are almost like still frame cutscene types, right? And some of it's yeah. animated and it's beautifully done. But I love that about about this. And I, I had my issues. You know, we reviewed this quite some time ago, so I don't even remember what I said on it. But I know I wasn't overly favorable in some of the stuff. But this opening scene, I fully agree with you. That moment, that redefinition of the character and contextualizing him within what, like you said, was kind of the, the birth of the MCU. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. No, they, uh, they did a great job with that. Like, that they had so many pillars to lift and that the hulk was the one to do it i love it yeah absolutely awesome and I, still yeah, to this day I, that's my favorite design of the incredible hulk. oh yeah I love the look of him man love oh. the look loved edward norton as bruce banner till this day he had the right frame uh the right mindset everything about him his mannerisms to me that is uh bruce banner i think i said did i say bruce wayne before i don't know but <laughs> that's definitely bruce banner <laughs> same thing man i'm all about the bruces yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> All right, T. Troy, take yeah, us to, to the next uh, next moment here, a defining moment, an underrated moment in the MCU that, like we said, just doesn't get the same celebration that some of these other huge moments get. Um, I'm taking it back to Infinity War. There's, there's so many I could go off with Infinity War, but for me, uh, one great, great scene I feel is underrated and really demonstrates uh, Hemsworth's uh, acting chops is the moment that he just kind of leaves his heart on the line there when he's talking to Rocket about everything he's lost up oh. until that point and how he will be the one to take down Thanos. I love mm-hmm. that scene. It's short, it's sweet, but I mean, at the end of the day, this guy is just acting by himself. Like, there's no one really there, and 
it's a scene that shouldn't work because it's a rocket he's talking to, but it works <laughs> in so many ways. And I remember from day one seeing that scene as it's like, man, all right, Thor, Thor could be like one of my one of my dudes in this league in this MCU universe. And um, and I really felt like Hemsworth's acting chops from basically Ragnarok going up to Infinity Wars really improved. And I, I felt it was just a, a powerful scene from my from my uh, viewing at least. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Hensworth really takes it home in Infinity War. Yeah. And the way that that character was expanded in Ragnarok and then picked up in Infinity War. And this is one of those mm. scenes that really bleeds out from Ragnarok and the redefinition of the character, right? And, yeah. And getting Hemsworth into a space where he's not doing the kind of more of the theatrical, the more of the, you know, what is it? Um almost that like Hamlet style of, of acting that Kenneth Branagh yes. game of Thrones sort of style and moving yeah. into the space and not freed Hemsworth up to do scenes like this. Exactly. Which is yeah. ah, just awesome. I fully yeah. agree with you there, man. That's well, it, just hearing you talk through it. It's like that scene was tragic and funny at the same yeah. time. Yes. Just the way he goes through it with rocket. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut yeah. you off there, brother. No, no. Uh. It's all good, yeah, man. No. It's, it's just the feels, man. The feels all around with that one. Oh, yeah, yeah, beautiful scene. All right, Sonny, man. How about you, man? What, what's what's something that you want to pull out of here out of the the twenty four films that we've chronicled on this podcast that we've talked yeah. about endlessly through trailers, through reviews, through revisits? We're we're revisiting it again, but it's those underrated moments, man. What do you got for us? <laughs> yeah, man. I'm gonna go back to the least popular Avengers movie, and that's Age of Ultron. This is a movie that you know I saw it in theaters. And I liked it, but I, I didn't like it. You know, it didn't hit me like the other ones. But then upon revisiting and rewatching it, I find each time I watch it, I like it more. And the one scene in particular that I absolutely love that I feel like people don't really talk about because it's in Age of Ultron is after they um, steal the artifact from the beginning scene. And then they have like this party mm-hmm. where they like invite people <laughs> to celebrate. Yeah. And it's just them. They're not even in their costumes. They're all in civilian clothes. And it's just them drinking, getting drunk, laughing, you know, telling jokes, having fun. And I think that's just such an underrated scene where you get to see them hanging out. Like in the first Avengers, they come together and then you don't see them together again until Age of Ultron. And then, you know, they kind of just like go out and they're always like battling and they're always like fighting or trying to, you know, defeat Thanos. Or they're always like in the reaction or, you know, trying to do this or take down this bad guy. But just for that one scene, you got to see them just hang out like coworkers at like a birthday party or something. I thought it was really cool and really interesting to see kind of the dynamic of the people. And then um, everyone always talks about like the cat moving the hammer scene. But I mean, there's there's other like little moments in there as well. And a great Stanley cameo where he gets hammered off of some like ale from um, Asgard, which I think is awesome. <laughs> yeah, Excelsior. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's a f- i love that scene too man it's such a joss whedon scene as well it's it's yeah. very much yeah. him and it, it it brings you down to a level because you have to remember too age of ultron we're kind of thrown into the deep end at the start of that movie and this is a really nice pause before everything spins out and goes crazy and it's nice to see them in their civvies as well right you know, Troy. Troy loves a good superhero in cities. Power Rangers, man, before they transform. Wow. Yeah. And so it's yeah. it's a nice pause in that movie. That is is it's a very fast paced, breakneck, you know, lots of action type of film. 
it's nice to take that pause and, and get familiar with these characters and even see things seated in there like the Romanoff and Banner love story. Like a lot of people didn't love that, but it contextualized some of that in the space of, you know, what she was doing with the Hulk and, you know, you gotta love too. And there's some debate that still rages right now, all the way up into Endgame, if Cap actually picked that up or didn't pick it up to spare Thor's feelings. So it, there's right. a lot to chew on in that scene. And uh, it's one, yeah, that's often kind of lost in that space because there's so many movies coming out there too. And Avengers, Age of Ultron being probably, like you said, the least favorite of the Avengers films. It's uh, Sometimes you lose that film in the mix here. Totally. Okay, I'm going to throw one on the table here, guys. We're going to revisit Civil War with me here. And right. there's there's a lot of great moments in this, man. You got Black Panther, you got Spider-Man, you've mm-hmm. got that airport scene. But I want I want us to take a pause and reflect on the Secretary Ross table scene where he's got the Avengers gathered around the table. And this is the first time we're introduced to, you know, Secretary Ross. And he goes through New York, Washington, D.C., Sokovia. And he's running through what are the apparent failures of the Avengers. And this is the first time, again, you got all these guys in their civvies sitting around this table, and you've got, you know, all their expressions. And I love, this is one of my favorite cap scenes in the film, where he just looks at Secretary Ross and says, shut it off. That's enough. And this is like sowing the seeds for the Superhero Registration Act, why they're doing it, the Sokovia Accords. You've got Stark off in the corner. And this was like that realization, too, that this was, in all essence, an Avengers film, right? is that, you know, this is when we're seeing Stark. This is when we're seeing them at the table at Avengers Compound. And I I love this scene for what it does and the seeds that it sows for, you know, the eventual disassembling of the Avengers and the building of what is carried through all the way to the endgame. You know, some of these threads are planted in this scene for what happens later, the division of characters. Falcon, Black Widow, you've got... It's so great what they do here. With all these characters, even even Don Cheadle's uh, War Machine here, the, the commentary mm-hmm. he provides around things, it's it's really great, and you get to see kind of that that organic and natural split of the Avengers down the middle, based off the facts that are laid out in front of them by Secretary Ross here. I think this is a great and underrated scene in Civil War. Yeah, man. Yeah, this this was a good scene. Is is like a more realistic version of what Josh did in um, Avengers One when Loki's scepter is like turning everyone yeah. against each other, except oh, you get yeah. a realistic tone of what's actually going to happen and, and the serious matter. And um, yeah, I love I love that the dynamic. It's always been great to see um, um, Chris Evans and obviously Tony go at it. Oh yeah. And uh, this doesn't fall short from that. I think does he develop the uh, I just want to punch you in your perfect teeth? Is that later? That's a little later <laughs> that, on. Yeah. That's a little later. I remember that in the trailer, and yeah. I was like, oh. Man, it's going down. It's going so down. good. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I yeah. love that. I gotta have to rewatch it. I love that movie. Yeah. 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 But it's that scene oh, that's good. I remember sitting in the theater watching that being like, it's happening. Here it is. Yeah. Like, it, here it is. Yeah. Boom. They're right oh. there. All right, guys. Nice. That's a good one. Let, let's keep this going here. Carlos, man, you got you got another one you want to lay on us here? Yeah. So in the second scene of the Incredible Hulk, we find Bruce Banner <laughs> in Brazil. Is, is that the scene when he admits he can't uh, have sex because then he'll turn into the Hulk? Or is it when the blood drop of blood goes in and then Stanley drinks it and becomes a Hulk? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Um, Whoa. Uh, <laughs> how do I come back from that? Um no, honestly though, you're you're saying how much you love it is maybe want to rewatch it. Like I haven't seen it since we did the retrospective, and I was pretty harsh on that film. Um, 
I'm not gonna lie. Um, maybe I was still like jaded from Ang Lee's Hulk seeing that in theaters and being like, "Oh, that was disappointing." Um, <laughs> but I'm totally gonna give it a rewatch now, and uh, I'll, I'll report back. But yeah, no, thanks for uh, thanks for sticking your you sticking your hand up for that film and saying this is a film that you should watch again. <laughs> there we go. Uh, you know what? I, I'm gonna go with my favorite movie in the whole MCU. Uh, for another underrated one. And that is from the very first Iron Man movie as Tony Stark is contemplating life, watching the news, and he's watching the horrors go down in Gomera, which is like, yeah, the stand-in for the Middle East in that movie. And as he's watching the harm that uh, the people, the terrorists that he left there, as well as using his weaponry and everything else, and you just see him seething and his rage building and building and just his acting interlaced with the commentary from the news and we've all watched newsreels of that nature and it was it was almost like a bit of that fantasy fulfillment where there's these horrors going on in the world and you have this guy with a couple turns of his wrench is gonna go take care of business and i i love that it's just such a human and visceral and real scene i also got to say that i hope that none of the three of us become like executives for comic book movie studios. Cause we all seem to like these scenes with the characters out of costume, which drives <laughs> everybody else crazy. But uh, yeah, the, the gear up scene for Iron Man one. And then as a bit of a button on it, the uh, bookend to that, when Pepper confronts him to kind of have that humorous moment where he's in the gantry yeah. and the suit's not quite coming off. And he says, you know, this is not the most embarrassing thing you've ever caught me doing. But then the follow-up <laughs> to that where she sees him getting his gear ready to go out again and he chastises her for uh, the war profiteering versus what his new calling in life is and for her being opposed to that. So, yeah, Robert Downey Jr., he brought it in those scenes, oh, man. Oh, did he so, ever, man. Mm-hmm. That, that's where he shines. You know, he's, he's great as the quippy Iron Man, the Tony Stark behind the mask and all that. But I agree with you, especially in that first Iron Man, there's a lot of scenes in there where he brings that realism, that, that, that change in character, you know, you see the evolution of this character all the way through into what he is. And he almost becomes a bit too much of Tony Stark, but in those early films, there's something special, really special about what he does and moving that character from that. Like you said, the war profiteering, this guy that doesn't care about a whole bunch into someone that actually cares that has a heart. No, if you will, mm-hmm. to, to steal a thread from the MCU itself. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that, man. And th- to be honest, if I have a frustration with the MCU, it's, it's that they keep building that up and then dropping it every film. Yeah. It's like we had this really cool Tony Stark, and then it's like they forgot what the character was all about in Iron Man 2. And then you get to Iron Man 3, and you do some interesting things with him, and you kick into Avengers 2, and he's just Iron Man again after going through this whole journey in the yeah. third movie and blowing up his suit. <laughs> so, yeah, it... Uh, I like the bookends of Iron Man 1 and Endgame. And, uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, man. Okay, Troy. Yeah, man. What do you, what do you got for us uh, now? Here? Oh, you already know what it is. My boy, the amazing Spider-Man, Spider-Man Homecoming. I'm, I'm taking it back. Um, I'm going to go with the Washington scene, the tower scene. When he's in Washington oh, uh, with his schoolmates. Um it's a really cool scene, man, when he's climbing that tower. You know, we've seen Spider-Man done over and over again in movies, but we've never really gone to be, you know, the perspective of him, like, getting over his fear of, like, heights. Like, he gets pretty high on that tower. And in that movie, he's, like, he's really experimenting there. And he's like, whoa, like, I'm really, really high. Like, if I die, if I fall, I'm going to die. You know, like, 
his um his his little machine there the suit tells him your percentage is done <laughs> basically <laughs> so i love that i love the whole setup getting there with the bomb he has to dismantle it or basically save his classmates i like that we get a little bit of imagery of um like that cool cover of like the punisher targeting spider-man but it's like the uh the helicopter swat team yeah. is, is targeting spider-man i always kind of made that connection um him figuring out his way to like kick down that glass uh the spider gliders you know going on with the webs I thought that was so cool. All these cool callbacks that we were getting, um, his interaction with his teammates, he like disguises his voice, so he changes it around, so that becomes an ongoing thing going forward for the character. And then him, you know, thinking whether he can like make a move on Liz or not. It's just so high school. It's it's cool. It just captures like that innocence of like a sixteen year old Peter Parker, what he could do with those with the great powers that he has. And um, it's a really sweet scene. I mean, I could go on and on about all these different scenes in that film, but I felt like that movie did such a good job of this thrill ride of going up and down, but giving you like these high school elements and party scenes and whatnot. And that one for me is just a really cool scene all around of just how they, how well executed that scene was. It's great. Yeah. It's, it's so yeah. interesting because for all the times that you've seen that film, I'm probably yeah. on the other end of the spectrum. I think I've only seen it twice, <laughs> but like when yeah. you, when you bring that up, I remember sitting in theater watching that scene being like, yeah, like this is so cool that, they're showing him evolving into the character, right? right. It's not just he's yeah. like, snap your fingers, he's Spider-Man one day, man. He goes through exactly. all of these, you know, trials and tribulations. It's like, holy shit, like, look how high I am. Yeah. It's really great stuff. Yeah. yeah, I remember watching that one in the theater, and they'd shown so much of that scene in the trailers. You kind of, you get to those scenes when you're watching movies, and you're like, oh, I've seen this already. I kind of know what the beats are going to be, and being astounded at where they took it and how tense that scene was. Mm, like, yeah. They actually made you feel like he wasn't going to save those kids yeah. because, you know, maybe this is the moment where Spidey fails and he learns some lessons kind of thing. So, yeah, kudos to John Watts for taking something that you thought you knew and giving you something completely different. So 100 percent. Yeah. Yeah, man. Awesome. All right, Sonny, man. One more for you, one yeah. more for me. And then I think uh, we'll close this one out. But it's uh, we've got All some right. great moments here already. I'm, I'm already yeah. looking at my steelbooks here being like, OK, I got to go revisit that. I gotta revisit that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I honestly just cannot wait for the day that my children are old enough for them to sit down, and just do an MCU rewatch with them. Mm. Like that's going to be like one of the happiest days of my life is like we're doing it. Today's the day. Like it's father's day, 2027, but we're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but for me, underrated moment, I'm going to go back to the third film. That's Iron Man two. Now this is a film that has some problems with it, um, in terms of like, you know, some, some issues. Um, but one of the things I thought was a great character was Mickey Rourke as, um, Ivan Vanko or Whiplash. Yeah. You know, I thought what he brought to the role, he was menacing. Like he comes out, he has those like electrical like whips and he like, breaks tony's uh car in half at like the monte carlo race and stuff it's like who is this guy and just like the way he talks and like he looks like a complete badass and he's like yeah (laughs) 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 that was weird that was weird he kept he kept wanting that bird but like when he's talking about like making god bleed and then people will cease to believe in him and he's like when when he's that version of whiplash he's great and he's menacing and you're like okay like you're setting up for this awesome battle you know unfortunately the final battle is kind of a dud um but it just he just looked like he had the voice and the accent and i feel like you know there are scenes that they could have like put back in this film to make it like next level where he could have been like one of the great villains but what we did get you know i think it's underrated 
for the, for the limited screen time that we got with him, I think he's one of like the higher MCU villains, but we just don't talk about him enough because he wasn't there enough. But yeah, I think Whiplash, Mickey Rourke, I think he was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Now think about this on that. I agree with you. I, I did like Rourke in that, in that position that there's a great callback to that, you know, the make a God bleed and people cease to believe in him. And you go to infinity war and I think it's infinity war when he says, Thanos says to Iron Man, all that for a drop of blood. And <laughs> I love that, yeah. that connection, whether That's it was on purpose cool. or not, um, it's another thing, oh, but yeah. there's a, like, a nice little parallel in there. Right. Is that Iron Man, all he had to do is prove that Thanos could bleed. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that gave him the opportunity or them the opportunity that he could be beat. And Thanos overlooks that, right? He becomes, he's, you know, beyond that. And I think it's a nice callback to, to this Rourke scene that you're talking about with, with uh, Iron Man. That's cool. Nice tying it all together. Very nice. I like. <laughs> all right. I can't remember. Did they kill off uh, Whiplash? I can't remember. Yeah, he gets blown yeah, up at go. the end. He did, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, very, very much. Inside Epcot. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, he got the full force of Iron Man and War Machine. So. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, I remember now. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna finish it off with uh, a revisit of Avengers One. Now, there's there's so many so many unbelievable scenes in here, but one that I find is it's up there, but it gets kind of lost in the shuffle a bit here, is the Cap Iron Man and Thor standoff. Oh, oh yeah! Oh yeah! Like the first time we're seeing these guys together, and it's also the first time we're seeing Cap in that outfit. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's such a it's such a great moment with the three of them, and they they don't know they're they're on the same team at this point. They're fighting. We get to see you know some powers, and we get to see Cap Shields taking the full brunt of Mjolnir in here, and then just that pullback and the standoff with the the trees kind of collapsed around them and kind of this appreciation for who these three individuals are. And it's, it's one of my favorite scenes. And I remember watching it in the theater being like, what is happening? Like, and I love too, that it wasn't just like this, they all get in a room and high five and we're the Avengers now. Right. It's (laughs) some time to grade into that. And you saw kind of the juxtaposition of all these different characters coming from these franchises where people are saying, how are you going to shove together Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor, these wildly different characters with very different narratives? How are you going to get them in one film and on screen together? Well, boom, here you are. Like, this is your introduction to the three of them being on screen together, pulling from seemingly very different universes, but then tying it all together. It just felt so organic. It felt so right. I love, love this scene. But it's often lost because it's quite early on in the film. And there's yeah. a lot of big things that happen after this, like the Hulk, you know, the, the all the Loki stuff. Jeez, like the whole New York scene. There's so much that happens mm-hmm. after that this scene itself is is lost in that first half of the film, I find. from. But every time I revisit Avengers, it's like, yeah, here it is, man. It's it's like, you, you know, we see the Trinity in the DC Extended Universe. Here it is in, in the same capacity. And that standoff, is it's, it's great. I love what Whedon did there. Yeah, I, I love the line before when um, Black Widow's like, oh, he's practically a god. And then he's like, I don't think God dresses like that or something. Or he's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, th- yeah, there's only one God, and I'm pretty sure he doesn't dress like that. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so good. Yeah, and it's even yeah, in there too. Yeah. You get that stark scene about does Mother knoweth you weareth her drapes? Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, and and what's so cool too is that we you know we've been able to spend a film each with all three of these individuals. So mm-hmm. when they finally do come in contact with each other, we're so invested, and people have probably probably already picked out their favorites. You probably have people cheering for Cap, cheering for Iron Man, cheering for Thor, and it's it's so well done that scene. And yeah, you're right, man. Like that does happen so early on that it kind of does get lost with everything else that you're hit with in that movie. But that is a, that's a good one. Damn. Yeah. One of my favorites, man. Yeah. Well, there it is guys. There's, there's eight or six, eight different scenes in, in these MCU films, man, we could go on all night about this. There's, you know, we could probably go around the table 10 more times and really start to pull up stuff. Like there's a lot of stuff from Dr. Strange, I think is forgotten about even, you know, even that opening scene in Iron Man two, man, that whole world's fair thing. I love that scene. Mm-hmm. And there's there's so much more to talk about. And this is something maybe we can revisit down the road um, once I beg the guys and convince them that we need to talk about the MCU a little bit more. <laughs> so this, this was an absolute... More content. I don't know what they're doing. I think, you know, they're just like, I think we're done. You know, we're yeah. done. Let's throw in the towel. There's no money to be made with Marvel movies. Let's just stop making it's them. It's all good. <laughs> no, as, soon as, as soon as they heard the Snyder Cup was coming, they're just like, ooh. Yeah, they're yeah. like, oh, we we're, know our goose is cooked yeah, now. We're handing it in. It's, it's yeah, done. Kevin's yeah. like, Bob, I'm out. I'm uh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I got to get my resume ready for uh, for WB. <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe maybe they could make, the Russo brothers could make a, uh, I don't even know, like a, uh, we'll, we'll throw him a bone with Animal Man movie. He can make an anim- They can make an Animal Man movie, sure. There it is. There it is. Doing, you heard it here for doing DC's work for them, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. That was an absolute blast this evening. It's great to get back at the mics here and talk about nerd, man. Our weekend nerd was crazy, absolutely wild. I love getting back into some MCU talking, guys. We will be back next week talking all things Star Wars, Marvel, and DC. If you'd like to be a part of that show or any future show, you can always email us at thenerdroom at gmail.com. You can find us at thenerdroom.net as well as on Instagram. We mentioned a few videos have gone up there at the thenerdroom. Go check those out. You can always find us all on Twitter. Handles are at the end of the episode. We're always looking to interact and have some fun discussing these franchises and our passions online there with anyone who wants to have a positive conversation. If you'd like to find more great podcasts, head over to StarWarsCommonwealth.com and you can find all the other podcasts in the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. There's lots of Star Wars stuff coming out. Mandalorian Galleries has been great. There's so much content, so many figure announcements. And on that, guys, I do have to plug, we will be dropping a bonus episode next Tuesday where myself and Troy are joined by our fig life brethren in Darth Goody where we're breaking down all things Star Wars Black Series. So really getting into the fig life and talking things there. He joined us on that. So that was a ton of fun. That'll be dropping as a bonus episode next Tuesday. And I guess with all that being said, is that everything? Oh, of course, we got to thank our man Rod Wade for endorsing this podcast over to Motion14.com. You can head over there and find all the other endorsed podcasts and everything that he is doing. Now, guys, with all that being said, that is it for this week. We're going to wrap it up here. Everyone's looking a little tired. But, guys, can't wait to get back to you guys next week. Join you guys. Love you guys. Love everyone out there. Be kind to one another. And for the Nerd Room, I'm Tim. I'm Troy. I'm Batman. And I...
Sanjay. Don't forget that, guys. <laughs> All right, we'll see you <laughs> next week. And thank you very much for entering the Nerd Room. This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts, Tim, Troy, and Sanjay, on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, and Sanjabi. For more content from The Nerd Room, check out TheNerdRoom.net. And don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you plug in. Be sure to head over to StarWarsCommonwealth.com to find more podcasts from Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network, including Talk Star Wars, Tumbling Saber, Generation X-Wing, Road Squadron Podcast, San Diego Saber's Radio Podcast, Retro Inc., and the Sandcrawler Podcast. Follow the Star Wars Commonwealth on Twitter at SW Commonwealth and take your first steps into a larger world.